four random topics. This is the Ericast for the week of April 22, 2012. From Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. Oh, um, hi, I'm back. Eric Larson, 206-339-3742. Welcome to the Ericast, etc. You know how you, you sometimes sometimes you end up not doing something because you just don't know what to do. And then sometimes you end up not doing something because there's so much to do that you just don't know where to start. Well, that's kind of where I am with the Aircast. So I'm just going to dive in. It's been a month. Sorry. I can't just keep saying sorry because at some point it sounds kind of insincere. So I just have a clump of topics um, and a commentary on my wonderful family because I just told the girls, okay, I'm going to go downstairs and record a podcast. Just be quiet. I'll come up and check on you in a few minutes. Thinking... Wow, there's a sentence that wouldn't have made sense a few years ago. But they're old enough where they both just said, okay, so they're going to watch Rescue Heroes. I'm going to record a podcast. So here I am. Thank you for listening. Uh, I don't don't even know where to start. Um, And this is going to stretch probably into multiple episodes. But I at least want to get the conversation going. So topic number one. How do we motivate people? And right there, that kind of goes wrong because you can't really motivate people. So technically, that's sort of a shorthand for how do we encourage an intrinsic motivation in people? Okay. So when I say how do we motivate people, just remember that what we're talking about is how, how do we encourage an intrinsic motivation in, in people? How do we motivate people to engage in a voluntary community that they profess to value? Or expanding that out a little bit, how do we motivate people? How do we encourage an intrinsic motivation in people to engage in a voluntary activity that they profess to value? For instance, in this particular case, podcasting. I claim that I care about the Aircast. It's even named after me, so it's pretty convenient. I say it's important. I say I miss you guys. I say I'm sorry that I haven't actually podcasted, but apparently, by definition, I must not be that sorry, because if I had been so sorry, I would have actually done it. I have no excuse. It's not like we had no power here in beautiful Egan, Minnesota for the past three or four weeks. I Nope, I just didn't get around to it. So apparently, even though I profess to value it, I must have valued everything else in my life more. That's a little troubling. Now, for you, that may or may not be a podcast, but it might be exercise, it might be spending time with your kids, it might be getting on top of those projects at work, it might be cleaning out your den, or vacuuming your car, or whatever. Or on the community sense, it might be, I wish that I were going to church, I wish I were going to church more, I wish that I were engaged better with the PTA, Uh, I wish that... Um, I were able to go and hang out with the friends after work and kind of build those work relationships, whatever it might be. Whether it's engaging a community or doing a thing, a particular act, how do we motivate people to actually do it? Now, I'm just going to let that hang there as a possible topic. So let me know what you think, 206-339-3742. That would be a future episode of the Aircast. I don't have a good answer, and this is one of those uh, shoemakers, children go barefoot kind of things that I. This is kind of my problem. So, I would love some advice or at least uh, consoling on that front. But topic number two, totally different and much more cheerful. 
though kind of spooky. I mean, this is still work safe. Trust me, this is work safe. You might want to turn the volume down just a smidge, maybe. But I think it's okay. And I've been kicking this around. I've probably talked about it on the podcast before, but I can't get anybody to be as interested in it as I am, so I don't know how to get any traction on this. Um, it's what I affectionately term the Ginger versus Marianne question. If you're an international listener, you'll have to understand the American television phenomenon of Gilligan's Island, etc. But I need a project team. okay? And my project team would consist of a developer. I think I have that in my listening audience, so I'm good there. A psychologist, a statistician, and a cosmetologist. Those four, we can rule the world. So here's the deal. And I did actually, because up at work, I, I know some actual genuine professional, like, psychologists with doctorates and everything. And I mentioned this. And so far, I've not encountered anybody who has done this kind of study. I did talk to somebody who's into marriage and family and stuff. Um, that's kind of his specialty. And he said there are you know, studies or preferences or whatever. The question is, is could you... Um, he'll like you know you have a, st- uh, a stack of photos and you do a card sort and he, he would ask his class okay can you sort these people into people that you would you know like to have a relationship with versus those you wouldn't I mean you know what hey you know, yeah there's someone I'd like to ask for coffee or go on a date with or whatever versus those you can't and what he said is I mean it doesn't matter about the sorting in fact I'm not even sure if he if he has them do the sort but he said some people just can't fathom that. They look at them and think, what are you, nuts? I can't, I mean, I don't know any of them. I haven't had a conversation with them. I know nothing about their personality. No, I can't sort based on that. And then there are the rest of us who look at that and say, sure, she's cute, she's cute, eh, nope, no, she is, eh, nope, nope, yep, she is, nope. We can actually, now, now the, for those of you in the camp that think that's terrible and crass and awful and whatever. I'm very sorry. I'm really not. I mean, and I'm happily married. I really, this is not, this is not anything against my wife or my family or whatever. But the notion of what strikes, not humanity as a whole, but what strikes individual people as attractive fascinates me. Really, really fascinates me. Um, there have been studies, you could Google them or whatever, that have figured out like the perfect average looking man and woman. Like, they, you know, they average out all the attractive features and stuff and say, okay, here's this perfect average. But what about individual differences? Now, I suspect I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I, since it hasn't gotten anywhere in the years that I've been pondering it, that, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking for us to sort of move the, the issue, advance the concept someplace. So what I'm thinking is you build a you build a a, a website a tool whatever um, think like the hot or not website but not that sort of crass um, you use models or or whatever headshots something fairly uniform the metaphor I've used in other discussions with this is if you walk into a uh, walk into a drugstore and look at the hair care aisle all the models on the boxes of like hair coloring they're supposed to be attractive I mean no no you know, Garnier hair color company picks out, you know, eight attractive and four ugly women for their hair. It's like, no, that they're all, you know, some people think they're all attractive. That's fine. And they are. Great. But as I say, I could definitely, like, line, line those boxes up and say, I'm sure they're wonderful people. 
and I love my wife, and I'm not going to leave her for anybody on a hair color box, but I can say that I think that the person on this box is more attractive, more appealing to me than the person on that box over there. So my thought is build some sort of tool that does that, and you, and you do the sort. That's where the statistician comes in that figures out, okay, do you do high-high or high-low or low-low, or how do, you, how do you run the numbers on the sort? But you basically just run a bunch of pictures and do forced choice and make people go back and forth. And then it kind of becomes like Pandora, where they had people do the music genome project, where they, they described um, with like sort of in impartial terms what a song is. It contains a syncopated bass beat with a 4-4 time, whatever, all that kind of stuff. So you would have your cosmetologist, or, or fleet of cosmetologists, I suppose, do an impartial description of these people. You know, the hair color is auburn, the eyes are blue, the cheekbones are high, the eyebrows are medium thick, you know, whatever, as much as you could do to kind of standardize a measure. And then you run all these numbers through and, and come up with a result for people that says, you know, okay, it turns out that for you, 80% of the time the deciding factor is eyebrow thickness. Who knew? There you go. Um, I will put a link in the show notes to a blog where I wrote some of this up so you actually have it in text form. And I want someone to build it. I will be your first and possibly only customer. But I just think that's kind of interesting. So if you if you listeners are willing to go out on a limb and not share your actual personal preferences, though you could. You know, you could answer you know, Ginger versus Marianne if you want to. Um, you know, Angelina Jolie, what's the big deal? I don't. I'm, might be a fine person. Has, I don't consider her particularly attractive. Apparently, lots of people do. You know, those kinds of things. Um, if I'm making any sense, let me know at 206-339-3742. You don't have to share your deepest, darkest, you know, personal drives or whatever. But I'm just kind of, I, I've, I tend to get blank stares back when I describe this concept, and that scares me a little bit. Simply because I'm concerned I'm scaring other people off. And they think, okay, you're just a little strange. I don't think I am. I think the proverbial Ginger versus Marianne question, and yes, I know it's all about coconut cream pies and you know who would be the better homemaker with the coconut curtains and the coconut four-poster bed and the whatever, coconut chairs in your coconut dining room. I mean, I understand that there's a whole lot of personality stuff to that too, uh, but it, it kind of sums that up pretty well. Um, enough said there. When I was a young boy, I was more of a ginger guy, but really, in reality, I think Marianne would be the better choice, but I won't even mention that. Okay, so, um, Evernote, topic number three, we got some calls on Evernote. I will be overly honest and admit I have not gone diving into the Evernote thing yet, um, but I will share the call so that you guys can can uh, kind of hear the the community Evernote stuff. Um, so we're rolling the calls from Matt and Chad. I also got a a link from Digital Dan. Um, and I appreciate the, uh, the 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 insight and the links and things I've gotten on places to go to learn about Evernote. So I'm I'm going to get there. I really am. It's a voluntary activity that I profess to value, and so I promise I'm going to dig into Evernote at some point. But for now, I will roll the calls in so that the rest of you can hear what Matt and and Chad had to say. Hello there, Eric. This is Matt calling from California. 
Uh, just listened to your latest episode. You certainly got my attention by putting the word Evernote in the name of the show. I am a self-professed Evernote ninja. Um, in fact, I was just having a conversation this weekend with someone, and um, most of my friends and my family know that uh, Evernote is my favorite technology of all technologies, especially since it is device and OS independent. Anyway, um, yeah, I uh, I use Evernote for a bunch of different things, primarily for everything in my life. Well, everything really except for work, although I do keep a couple of work things in there. Um, but specifically the use case that you're talking about um, as a way of saving links to go back and read later. Um, of course, if you're a Mac user, which I don't believe you are, you have an iPhone, there's a feature um, called Reading List, which I actually prefer to use from my phone. But anyway, from uh, an Evernote perspective, um, what I would recommend is that you create a notebook called um, Read Later, which is what mine is, um, one word, no space, and then anytime I see a link um, or somebody emails me a link or anything, I just forward it to an email address that I have set up that pops it right into Evernote. And um, I put a um, at symbol and then the name of the notebook in my in the subject of that email. I'll read later, and then it pops into that notebook. Um, within my Evernote. So I uh, then, when I have time in the evening or whatever, usually once or twice a week, I'll go through that and I'll check out all of the things that I told myself I wanted to read. Um, although I do not, um, I tend to put way more stuff in there than I actually go back and look at, but it's as good as an archive because I don't ever delete it. It just stays there. Um, so that's my simple solution to what you're saying. Also, there's a in most browsers on a desktop, you can install a plugin that will, um, you know, the web clipper that will allow you to clip the page, the text from the page, or the URL. And I use that as well. Um, we said you can get that for any 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 of the browsers, I believe. But um, that's one of the ways I use Evernote. But I use Evernote for everything. I would be lost in my life without it. Um, Anyway, that's um, that's it for Evernote for you. Have a great one. Bye. Hey, Eric. This is Chad. Uh, just calling about uh, Evernote and uh, Pinterest. Uh, basically, um, with Evernote, you must be using it wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, lots of people have great success with Evernote. I know a lot of people just like do all their work in Evernote. That's where they store all the documents and all that sort of stuff. I myself have. Um, and, and maybe you find it the same way. The way we organize things is just a little bit different than the way pretty much any software allows us to organize. Um, I probably organize my – I have three different things I uh, worry about. I have, of course, my uh, documents on my hard drive uh, that I like to keep organized in a certain way. I have another called cloud storage, which I kind of use Evernote for, and I'll get to that in a moment. And um, I also uh, use SharePoint as well here at uh, work and that you know each one has their own functionality and each one does their own little thing a little differently in terms of Evernote I don't st 
store links and stuff there, it's typically um, ideas. And when it comes to ideas, it's more or less uh, like home improvement projects, such as uh, right now we're going through designing a deck. And so I'll take a whole bunch of ideas um, that I find online and I'll um, add it to Evernote so that I can refer to them later. Pictures, documents, uh, PDFs, stuff like that. I'll store that in a notebook that way. Um, I have synced. I can bring it up on my computer um, via the web-based um, pro, uh, web page, or I can uh, bring it up on either my iPad or my phone, um, wherever I am, and I can see exactly what it is that uh, I posted recently, whatever PDFs of uh, the plans and stuff like that, so that way it's synchronized amongst all the devices. In terms of bookmarks, if you're the one who, in the previous days when you had those browser bookmarks, within your browser and you were bookmarking, 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 and you never referred back to them, um, I think that's just in your nature. That's my nature too. I used to bookmark things all the time. I had delicious. I would bookmark, but I'd never go back. There was no compelling reason to ever go back. I, I would just find so many things that I just accumulated all these bookmarks I never went back to. I think that's a mentality. I think you just need to either get in the mindset of going back to those bookmarks and getting into it, or um, just come to the realization that you're just not going to get back to those bookmarks. Um, as for Pinterest, I've tried not to get into that, especially with the home design ideas. But uh, it's a very visual, um, it's a very visual thing. Again, I could again probably use that for home design ideas uh, with uh, decks, landscaping, stuff like that. Um, but you know, if you're not going back to it, um, then I, I think there's a bit of a uh, of a I don't want to say a personal issue, but I think that's just not in your nature. It's not in my nature uh, to go back to things after I bookmark it. But there's always that nice thing knowing that, hey, you know, I have a bookmark, and maybe someday I'll get back to it. That someday probably just never comes. So it's not that you're not getting Evernote or Pinterest or whatever. It's just not really in that mentality. It's a great idea and all. So um, that's all I have about Evernote and Pinterest. Okay, so Chad, um, I'm with you, Chad. I really am. Uh, what's interesting is it sounds like you can hold yourself to like a finite set of ideas. There is actually some number of different categories of ideas that you have. And for me, that would be a real, real challenge. But maybe I could do I don't know. Uh, Matt, I like the uh, what I used in Delicious. There are probably like a billion Delicious bookmarks out there. Uh, labeled to read, T O R E A D. That whole oh, I got to read that later. But yeah, I, you know, Chad hit the nail on the head. I'm just I just have kind of this pack rat tendency, and it extends to digital pack ratting. So on that note, funny how these things just all hang together. Um, it is time for the weekly inclusion of the the dweeb thoughts since last time. And this this week's dweeb thought is on the topic of being. A digital pack rat. Why sit in your yard watching the grass grow when you can listen to this instead? It's Eric Larson's Dweeb Thoughts on the Ericast. So here's a uh, technology thought that's sort of a cross between technology and practicality, which I suppose in theory all technology stuff should be. But sometimes we, we go off on a... Well, you see, that doesn't even work either. I was going to say sometimes we go off on a tan- tangent of technology that's cool but not terribly practical. In this case, 
we're thinking about practicality, but you're going to see it comes around to maybe not being practical at all. Here's what I'm thinking. Over the uh, the Easter break, I had the chance to clean out my den, the upstairs den, Studio B, which the Aircast never gets recorded in. And I have lots of old notes, paperwork, junk. Uh, the the paperwork things, you know, here is a handout from this conference or whatever. That sort of makes sense. I guess you read it and it is what it is. But I, I tend to take lots of notes. It's that whole visual kinesthetic mix thing where I like to write things down. I like to see them in front of me, etc. So I have all these notes in my handwriting, which, if you know me, is just really, really bad handwriting. I can read it just fine, but nobody else can. So I ran, rather than having stacks of paper that were useless, I ran the notes through uh, that scanner that I've mentioned before in the Aircast. So I have them all scanned into PDFs, which is great. And I have them, the PDFs topically organized. It's like, here's the notes on such and such a conference or whatever. Well, now what? And now what? There's the question. Now what? I have them stored so I can do my digital pad grant thing. I can throw the paper out or recycle, as Chloe would point out. Yes, I recycle. When I talk about throwing paper away, I mean recycling it. It's certainly in a a better, more usable, more accessible form now because I have a chance of being able to get to it from work or, or whatever. But what do I do with it? And I was thinking, well, I could transcribe all of it, but that's sort of irrelevant. I can look over it and skim it and kind of get the gist. But there are pages and pages and pages and pages and pages, so I'm not really going to do that unless I want to go, you know, I'd like to relive the WordCamp 2011 experience. I don't think that's all that likely. Then I wondered if I should narrate through them, just sort of read through them, maybe do that with a transcription service, which would cost some money, but it would then be in printed form and probably be quicker to do that than for me to transcribe them by hand. I just, I'm, I'm not sure. So here's a, and I promised the, the practicality angle. Well, there's the impracticality angle. To what end? So what? So I have these notes. Who really cares? Though it is interesting because I find old references to websites and things. Oh, here's a really cool tool I should check out, and I haven't checked it out. Well, I wonder what the tool's like. I should go do that. So that's sort of what I'm pondering is if you have a bunch of handwritten notes, you can sheet feed scan them and and get them into digital form. That's really good. But what do you do next with them to get them into an even more usable form? Or do you just not bother? Do you say the value of the notes was in, in taking them and sort of wiring your brain with the motion of the hand and the sight of the note in front of you, etc. And because I attended that event and I took that note, I'm a better person for it, and that's all that matters. Maybe, but I think there's some value in 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 the notes themselves. I just don't quite know how to dig it out. And now, back to the Ericast. Okay, enough said. 
plenty long enough episodes. So thanks for listening all the way to the end. Um, do let me know what you think, particularly on that um, that whole attraction scale uh, thing. That that's uh, I just, I'm really curious about that. So let me know what you think. Two zero six three three nine three seven four two. If you want some details on on the reasoning behind that or whatever, go ahead uh, hit the blog post that's uh, linked in the show notes at ericast.com. If you bumbled into this podcast through any other means, that's the place to go. E r i c a s t dot com. Take a listen to that. Thanks for listening. Do check it out. Um, I promise I'll be back next week. I really will. So I'm going to say it as always, but this time I mean it. Until next week, take care. Thanks for listening to the Ericast from Ericast.com. Visit us at www.ericast.com.